Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We need to continue to put our very best foot forward and work even harder to deliver for Canadians. And having a renewed team uh, with a range of new voices and new skills and experience, new challenges for our strongest ministers, to be able to step up and meet this consequential moment in the lives of Canadians. Uh, Mr. Trudeau and his cabinet, and of course he tore up the cabinet. This wasn't a shuffle, man. This was a, uh, this was a, uh, well, he tore it to pieces. You know, I mean, why did David Lametti get kicked out? I, I didn't like him as a attorney general or justice minister. didn't like him at all. But I don't know what he did to deserve being turfed from cabinet. But, uh, you know, we've seen that before with this prime minister. He doesn't like what you're doing, doesn't like what you say, doesn't like maybe if you challenge him. I don't know what happens behind closed doors. And then you're gone. He's got a very, I think he's got a very thin skin. Anyway, I, uh, and then we have the polling. Now, because polling, which shows the liberals losing ground significantly in all sectors of the country. And that is, uh, that's probably not making them happy either. And I pointed out about a few months ago that if you look at Mr. Trudeau's own numbers, his own popularity numbers in his own riding of Papineau in Montreal, he had a pretty good support level in 2015 when they elected a majority government. But by the time they got to the 2019 vote, Mr. Trudeau's support within his own riding was declining. Well, fewer, fewer voters in Papineau were voting for him. And it's very, it's almost unheard of that an incumbent prime minister would be losing votes in his or her own riding. Unless you're Kim Campbell, where they tossed you right out. But, so that was 2019. Then in 2021, it happened again. He lost more of his vote in his own riding in 2021 over 2019. So, I mean, if uh, if I were the prime minister... I do a lot of things differently, but if I were the prime minister, I'd be paying very close attention to what's going on with the uh, with the folks across the country. Thirty nine and thirty nine cabinet ministers. Good God! The question is, who isn't in cabinet? All right, let's talk to Michelle Simpson and Dan McTagg. They're both former Liberal members of Parliament. Michelle, of course, is on the program with us quite regularly with our Beauties and the Beast panel, and Dan's on the program frequently with us on. Fuel costs and um, what's happening with our energy issues. And you uh, you know that Dan is the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. That's becoming a more challenging job every day, Mr. McTagg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's spending a lot of energy. We're laughing. About energy. <laughs> Thanks, right. uh, yeah, yeah, good to talk to you. Michelle, how are you? I'm fine. Good. How are you? <laughs> and Dan, how are you? I'm fine, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Roy, for having us both. Yeah, yeah, no, great. it's great to have you. So uh, let me ask you then to just give us a um, ground floor view of what's happening within the party you are members of and with the party you represented as members of parliament. What do you see going on? We have, uh, we have things being said that are quite challenging by the leaders within the Liberal Party. Uh, and the by extension leaders of Canada. We have a, um, an American senator, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, 
um, and we'll talk about this next hour, who uh, in the confirmation hearings for the new NORAD commander, North American Air Defense commander, was talking really, uh, I mean, really challenging Mr. Trudeau and challenging the uh, liberal government for their lack of spending and, uh, and quoting the Wall Street Journal story that at the NATO meetings, Canada should have been at the children's table. And I guess that irritated Mr. Trudeau because he came back and started talking about all the spending Canada is doing on, uh, on defense. Yeah. And that's why our soldiers, our soldiers in uh, Eastern Europe have to buy their own helmets and vests and belts. Anyway. So ground floor view, Michelle, let me start with you. Ground floor view, what, what's going on in this party? With the cabinet shuffle? Oh, everything. Uh, I think uh, there's a ton of desperation there because, as you put it, he ripped it to pieces. And desperation comes from he's reaching his shelf life of the government. And history is repeating itself that we went through uh, – after Paul Martin, two rather weak leaders, and then we got the star, Justin Trudeau, and now the conservatives have gone through two weak leaders and are pinning their hopes on Pierre Polyev. And I truly believe that uh, Justin Trudeau's reached the end of his, his tether. Yeah, so the uh, the expiry date has been reached, and I think many Canadians exactly. have come to that conclusion. I thought he was a lightweight from day one, and I remember the first time I actually tweeted out that uh, I thought that Justin Trudeau was a twit. Um, that was fairly early into his tenure. Boy, did I get leaned on by people. Man, I got it. Today, <laughs> that would be a rather mild criticism. Mr. McTagg, how do you, from the ground floor, you're the party that you were a member of and a member of parliament for for 18 years. Well, I think the wheels are coming off. I think mean, that's very clear. Um, other than Trudeau, there really isn't any other name. Any good name is fairly expendable. Um, surprised uh, not by uh, their performance as minister, but certainly their um, allegiance to Justin Trudeau. Mario Gabra being dumped. <laughs> now he says he's quitting, but... Look, he and Navdeep Baines and Mark Holland were best buds with uh, with Justin when when Michelle and I were there, and they were part of the new crew. So obviously, uh, the PM believes that uh, others are responsible for his shortcomings and the growing uh, despondency uh, that the public is now beginning to express towards this prime minister. And by the way, that that, that covers Jagmeet Singh as well. I think his numbers are starting to very, very much show that his uh, cozying up to liberals and doing everything they want while at the same time screaming that uh, they're not doing things the way he likes and, you know, blaming them for it. That's really wearing thin with people. And I think this is one of the main reasons why uh, you now are seeing, forget the pollsters, you see, you're hearing a groundswell of people now starting to say it is truly time for this man to go. Uh, this should have been about Trudeau leaving. Uh, it's not about his ministers. Um, but he's not going to give a lot of room to ministers to do a whole heck of a lot. What I do think this is going to do, and I don't want to stretch beyond what Michelle has quite rightly pointed out, I think we're going to start to see some significant rumblings within the ranks to get rid of this man, this outrageous individual. And I think that's uh, the, uh, you know, those who are going to leave, that's fine. But I think there's some ministers here and others who are, frankly, to use the lack of a better term, cheese off, and uh, they're going to come after him. They have to, because it's time for him to go. 
I didn't mention, and I usually do, that uh, Michelle was a seatmate to Justin Trudeau when you both sat in, in opposition. And he would uh, entertain you with whatever he brought into question period. Generally, it was about him. And so did you want to add, add anything to what Dan said before I ask another question, Michelle? No, I, I totally agree. And I think um, both parties can be guilty of this by centralizing all the power in the PMO mm-hmm. and minimalizing their ministers is coming back to haunt them. Exactly. It, this is about one man. It was about Stephen Harper in his time, and it was a, now it's about Justin Trudeau. And they, they think by centralizing all this power and not spreading, you know, the government and letting people do their jobs, it's coming back to bite them in the butt. Do you think, as some people have said to me, and people who know their way around politics, I like to think I do as well, but uh, some people have said to me, look, this guy's a survivor. He'll, he'll find a way to win. And there have been people who have been critical of uh, Pierre Polyev, who actually like the conservatives and like Polyev, but say, I've said, look, all, he, everything out of his mouth is immediately a complaint about Trudeau. He has to stop that. He has to talk, start talking yeah. about who he is and what he's going to do and stop focusing on, the, on, on Justin Trudeau because it's starting to wear thin. Would you agree? Dan? Uh, you look, I, the, the, if you're the leader of the opposition, you have to, you, the, the prize is to go after the fellow who is the incumbent. And I would think that, you know, unfortunately for the Conservatives, I think they had a previous leader who did that. Mr. Nice Guy, and look where it got them. Although they did get a few more extra votes, uh, they wound up, uh, they got nothing for it. You need someone to come in who's got teeth and grit and uh, who's prepared to fight. Uh, That not only lets Canadians know that there is an alternative who's prepared to come after them, it also, I think, importantly, gives strength to the party that's pushing. And in the case of Mr. Polyev, a lot of people believe at the beginning that uh, they didn't like his way, didn't like his style forgetting that his predecessor employed that style and with disastrous results. I think you got to show your teeth. And uh, there's a time for policy. Uh, there's a time for reflection. I think that's called the election. Uh, but we know that that election is not going to happen for another year and a half, maybe even longer. Depends on what Mr. Singh does. But uh, as it stands now, I don't see how Mr. Polyev can play any other card, in fact, to demonstrate just how bad Justin Trudeau is doing. And, hey, listen, <laughs> it's working. Uh, Mr. Polyev's gone from 29% to 38%, his party. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I've interviewed uh, Pierre Polyev quite a few times on this program. Never interviewed Justin Trudeau. We tried, and then we just gave up. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I don't know that it's so all about Pierre Polyev as, as much as it might be about uh, Justin Trudeau's poor performance. But let's just have Canadians look at him and say, no, not another four years. Who knows? Uh, Michelle, before we take the break, how do you see this? Well, as the polls stand right now, it's Polyev's to lose. He's trying to do a makeover. The problem is, I agree with Dan, you have to have some chutzpah, and you've got to go after as the opposition leader. But I think by... Singling out Trudeau, he can make Trudeau a bit of a victim because he he is so toxic sometimes. So I, I agree with you, uh, Roy, that I think he has to back off, attack the government, attack their performance. But don't always say, Trudeau, it's his fault for this, that, and everything. 
Okay, so uh, have either of you been in touch with current or recent Liberal caucus members? And then how significant is the opinion of a backbencher? I know it's the gulag and backbenchers are expected to be quiet, but as you, you suggested, Dan, that there could be a mutiny. So would you address that, both those points quickly for us? Well, look, I think it's, it's pretty clear in the discussions I've had with some Liberal MPs, and some being no more than two, and several former MPs, Liberal, and I say several, as in six or seven over the past couple of months. One thing keeps emerging, and that's the level of organization, the state of organization, the Liberal Party is, is in disarray at the local level. It might be well at the national level, but locally it's not doing very well. Riding associations or, uh, uh, you know, EDAs, electoral district associations are extremely anemic. And uh, it's coming down to really the, uh, the prime minister, his name, and of course, uh, other things being considered equal, the economy holding up. Uh, because that's a critical factor here. The economy is slowing down. People are having a tougher time. It doesn't matter who's in power. Uh, governments uh, like the one Michelle and I belong to, <laughs> in fact, lost when the economy wasn't doing too bad. So, you know, we can talk about the near end of uh, time. I think the knives could very well come out for Justin Trudeau, uh, given the concentration of power, the decision to throw to people. It's not just this time. I mean, think of people like Mark Garneau and others. Yeah, perhaps it was time they felt it was time to retire. But increasingly, I think there is a sense that the person needs to retire. And I, you know, this is not something I alone discover. I think it's pretty obvious to everyone. You know, you're, uh, you've been leader of the party since 2013, 10 years. Uh, the party will be eight years uh, in governance by the next election, 10 years. That's long in the tooth. And I think there's going to be a move likely within uh, to begin to push back. Uh, there really isn't that many more people to throw out. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you want to get rid of Katie Telford, many people believe that would be a great thing to do. Uh, and some of the staff around there, it really comes down to, I think the Prime Minister is uh, past due. You know, his, his uh, okay. best before date is now passed. And I think it's becoming pretty clear the Liberal Party will not be able to survive All the right. election when and if that happens. All right, Michelle, what about uh, you being in contact with former Liberals? And uh, what, what impact... Does uh, let's let's say a group of backbenchers in the Liberal Party who want to be reelected? It's a good gig, and and look at look at the party. What impact would they have if they were to, you know, run up the mutiny flag? Well, I think they're going to start uh, picking sides in terms of the the uh, leadership contenders. Not all not all the backbenchers want to be leader necessarily, but they'll start picking sides. And yes, I've I've spoken to a few. And they are concerned because they understand that, uh, you know, the uh, biological clock of this government is fast expiring. And they do want to be reelected. So I think you will see, as Dan said, there, it, there'll be a mutiny and it will be who sides with whom in a leadership okay. race. Okay. And we saw a mutiny. <laughs> we saw an ugly mutiny, a civil war, actually, between the factions of... Uh Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin. Not that yeah. we would, not that anybody present was part of that. Um, okay, don't react, Dan. Thank you, Mr. McTagg. <laughs> you, you held your fire nicely. Uh, thank you, I did. Dan. I did. <laughs> Thanks, Roy. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Talk to you both soon. Dan should be leader. Uh, he just hung up. So oh. there you go, Michelle. <laughs> there's a, there's a response to that. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.